Good morning, everybody. Happy Thursday to you. My name is Tim Harris. It's 10 o'clock. means it's time for 10 with Tim. Each day, Monday through Friday, we take about 10 minutes and we go verse by verse through the Word of God. And we have just started the Old Testament book of Isaiah. We're in Isaiah chapter 3 today, all of the verses. Uh, let's jump right in. I'm glad you're with me. Isaiah chapter 3. Gosh, um, I, we're just three chapters in. Um, I suppose I'm going to end up saying this a lot because uh, I have a feeling that I'm, I'm getting a feel for where Isaiah is going to go. Um, and, uh, and for that reason, I think we're going to continue to run up against this theme. And it's just simply, um, gosh, if, if, if God, you know, judges Judah for being so um, self-indulgent, uh, remember that yesterday the city, you know, the, the, the nation is being judged because they're so full of wealth and weapons and uh, idols that they have no room for God, you know? And, and I don't know if I said it then, but <clears throat> but it just sounds like the United States. I mean, you know, it sounds like us. And I don't mean to sound unpatriotic. I, I love our country. I shouldn't have to, you know, defend that. Um, because um, the Word of God is the Word of God, and it applies, you know, to all nations, all tongues, all people. But my goodness, I, I just see so much of the wickedness that was in Judah as a part of, the, you know, the, the country that surrounds me right now, and it's, 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 it's really distressing. I mean, honestly, if God, if God were not to bring the same kind of judgment upon us. He gonna, he's going to have to bring back Judah and apologize to them. I mean, you know what I mean? Because how in the world could they have been worse than we are now? Do, do you know what I'm saying? Uh, I hope you're not just thinking I sound like an old man, you know, who's just, you know, the whole world's going to hell in a handbasket. I, I am an old man, and I'm beginning to feel that way. But I'm just reading the Word of God. Uh, read it with me. Uh, chapter 3. The first section here, uh, uh, this first bit uh, through about... Uh, Gosh, uh, I, I guess verse verse eight, verses one to eight, something like that. Um, you'll notice that the theme is this this verb that's in verse one: the Lord, the Lord of heaven's armies, will take away. So while they've just been accumulating wealth and accumulating weapons and accumulating idols, God's about to uh, God's about to to take away. God's going to have the biggest yard sale ever. And, uh, and, and it's going to be devastating for the people. Take away everything they depend upon. There's just this massive subtraction here. Now, what, what Isaiah is doing, what the Lord is doing here, is trying to give the people a picture. It's an ominous, nightmare kind of picture of what is coming if the people don't change the path they're walking. You know, it's a vision of judgment, but the purpose of that is not to delight in the terror and horrors of suffering people. No, no, no. The, the whole purpose of this vision is to cause the people to see where this path leads so that they can change the path they're walking. You don't want to ever see this happen, but sure as a world, this is what's going to happen if you don't change your ways. You, you, you see that? And so it's just this horrible picture of, uh, of Jerusalem and Judah absolutely stripped of, of everything that they depend upon. So notice, you know, there's just a lack of food, there's a lack of water, uh, but it goes beyond that. The, the, the devastation of just civil society 
is, is just really distressing. Notice this theme of how there's unqualified and immature people in leadership. You know, I'll make boys their leaders, toddlers their rulers. Well, my goodness, Isaiah has apparently been watching CNN. I mean, you know, I mean, we have toddlers for rulers now. I mean, they're not actually toddlers, but they are. I mean, you know, we have immature, unqualified people in, in, in leadership. You know, and people will oppress each other, verse five. Everybody oppresses everybody. You I mean, it's like everybody is in it for themselves. Everybody will take advantage of everybody else, you know, neighbor against neighbor. Young people will insult their elders. Oh, oh my goodness. Vulgar people will sneer at the honorable. You ever, you ever just feel like that? Like all of this sudden, you know, the traditional families, you know, uh, married husbands and wives, you know, just what used to be honorable is now considered, you know, strange or sinister, or it needs to be decentered in our society so that we can center what used to be vulgar. I mean, you know, it's just, this is just the world that we're living in. It's, it's almost like we're already living in the judgment and and, and I guess in many, many ways we are because we have walked this path for a long, long time. And again, this is what uh, prophets do in the Old Testament. They, it's not so much that they predict the future as they just draw a straight line. In other words, you know, you know, buddy, if you just continue doing what you're doing, you're going to keep on getting what you're getting. And this is where that leads. You know, that's what the prophets do. It, it doesn't take great powers of, you know, prognostication. It just takes a little common sense to go, wow, you know, if you keep doing this, this is where it leads. And and this is where it leads. You know, this incredible, hopeless community that is described in the early part of, uh, of chapter three. It all comes down to verse eight. This is kind of the, the preliminary conclusion or, or verdict. For Jerusalem will stumble, you will fall because... They speak out against the Lord and refuse to obey him. They provoke him to his face. Again, I, I remind you, I mean, in, in the middle of Pride Month, I, I mean, if, if this isn't exactly what our nation is doing right now, then I'm, I'm telling you, I can't imagine what Jerusalem and Judah were up to. And uh, we speak out against the Lord, refuse to obey him, we provoke him to his face. Uh, again, that's the verdict. That's the judgment. And that's why. That, that's why. God is not capricious. God does not delight in bringing judgment. But, but ultimately, God is just. And, and, and sin will meet the wrath of God. And, and, and this is the picture here. Again, the idea is that the people will see where this leads and change their ways. But it's very, very difficult to change. And I remind you that in the middle of all of this, all of this wickedness, they're very religious. That's where we started, right? I mean, they are still going gangbusters down at the temple. They are feeling really good about themselves. They don't see themselves at all the way God sees them. Now, what follows, starting in about verse 13, 9 through 12, continue kind of the summary of that, that dark vision. And then there are really four little uh, poetic um, pieces that, uh, that sort of finish out the chapter. Verses 13, 14, and 15, that little section is like this, this courtroom, uh, imaginary courtroom setting where God is both judge and prosecutor. Notice he's coming against the elders and the rulers. Not everybody. It's the people with the power. It's the influencers, y'all, who have led the nation in this direction. You have ruined Israel. 
of my vineyard. Your houses are filled with stolen things from the poor, you know? How dare you crush my people? You know, as I said it yesterday, God is outraged when people are mistreated. And, and, and the, the thing about an opulent, self-indulgent culture is that those of us who benefit from the suffering and mistreatment of others, we have uh, amazing ways of never having to see them. You know, like we invented gated communities so, you know, people who aren't like us can't even get to where we live. You know, we don't have to see them. We don't have to think about them. And we can just imagine that, hey, the world is wonderful because we are wonderful. You know, this amazing ability to close our eyes to the suffering of others, but God never closes his eyes to the suffering of others. As a matter of fact, he takes their side. Listen to me, you influencers, you princes, you elders, you rulers, you have ruined the nation. Yeah, and that's just a, a, a little poetic piece there. What follows in 16 and 17 uh, is, is the sort of theme of this reversal of fortune, this reversal of, of wealth. The Lord says, beautiful Zion is haughty, craning her elegant neck, flirting with her eyes, walking with dainty steps, tinkling her ankle bracelets. The Lord's going to send scabs on her head. Again, it, it's just this picture. Uh, again, nothing wrong with being pretty. That's not the point. It's the consumption of wealth. You know, it's the strutting your stuff around, tinkling your ankle bracelets, you know, while the poor, you know, struggle to make ends meet. Who do you think you are? You know, I, I know, I know. And it just goes on. Uh, verses 18 to 23, God is the actor. And once more, he's going to take away. You know, again, this is the driving verb of this chapter. He's going to take away. Now, verses 18 to 23 are really interesting. And you're not going to like it. I don't like it. Notice these 21 items, you know, and all of them. It sounds like an inventory. It sounds like a shopping list. It, it sounds like, you know, the last 21 things you bought off Amazon, you know. And again, that, that's part of the point. It's, there's a whole lot of shopping that goes into looking this good, you know. And again, that's part of the point. You know, this incredible self-indulgent, fraudulent society that looks so good on the outside, that's based on this ability to amass wealth, this ability to dress yourself with ornaments and headbands and crescent necklaces and earrings and bracelets and veils and scarves and ankle bracelets and sashes and perfumes and charms and nose rings and jewels and party clothes and gowns and capes and purses, mirrors, fine line and head ornaments, you know, shawls, you know. Yeah, there's about to be a yard sale like you never imagined, you know. God, God is going to strip it all away and, um, and what's going to be left. That's what comes next. This little poetic part in verses 24 to 26, it's like what's left when God takes all this away, you know, what's left. And it's interesting. Verses 24 to 26, look closely, because especially verse 24, it's a long verse that in the Hebrew has no verb, which is kind of amazing. There's no verb. Instead, it's this incredible poem based on the word instead. So instead of smelling sweet, stink. You know, again, no verb, just instead of sweet smell, stink. You know, instead of sash, rope, you know, uh, and, you know, uh, instead of rich robes, burlap, you know. And then the last one, it's interesting. There isn't even a word. It's like, instead of beauty, 
and, and nothing even said. The New Living Translation adds a shame, but the Hebrew doesn't. It just hangs there instead of beauty. You know, mm, nothing left. Nothing left. The men of the city will be a coup by the sword, and warriors will die in battle. Again, in, in Isaiah's 8th century setting, he's probably predicting you know, that the devastation of Assyria, you know, we talked about you know, the Syrian you know, devastation that, that eventually comes, the Babylonians as well after that. But, but, but make no mistake, uh, there's still time when Isaiah makes his prophecy, his sermon here in uh, chapter 3, there's still time. They'd have to change their ways, but oh my goodness, it's very, very difficult to change when everything that is creates for you a very comfortable life. And, and, and don't miss that. There are some people living in Judah and Jerusalem, they're living very comfortable lives. Why would they want anything to change? Um, and that's why they'll never repent. My goodness, that's hard, isn't it? Listen, for tomorrow, pick up right there. We're going to do chapters 4 and 5 together because chapter 4 is only six verses. So tomorrow, Isaiah chapter 4, Isaiah chapter 5. Just read chapter 5 carefully because it's a very important, very famous chapter, especially in the New Testament. So Isaiah tomorrow, chapters 4 and 5. I went over time today. I'm sorry. I love you guys. Have a great Thursday. It is a beautiful day. It is so nice outside. Get outside, y'all. Enjoy the day that God has made. Stay in the Word, and I'll see you in the morning. The Lord willing, 10 o'clock for Tim with Tim. I love you all.